it's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Olympic golf takes the headlines again. A WGC in Memphis has 48 of the top 50. Annika does well, Hall of Fame things. And there's more women's golf in Westchester. You can't stop golf season, and you certainly cannot stop the pro show. Line them up. It's time to knock them down. Let her rip, Wade. it has been again in golf no rest for the weary here as we build towards the fedex cup playoffs in the men's game the ladies are over in japan competing in the olympics you know speaking of the fedex cup playoffs we have a very uh, cool guest this afternoon her name is julie tyson and aside from being the senior vice president of the pga tour and runs the new york office she is the executive director, Mr. Wade Weezer, of yes, the sir. Northern Trust, which is happening in two weeks up there in Jersey City at Liberty National. So it's sure. going to be cool to talk to her because they do a lot of Vanguard things at that event. Food, fashion, you know, they use a ferry. Oh, yeah? You know I love my alliteration. Look what I just did there. I know. You did food, fashion, ferry. Oh, fantastic. All wow. right. So yeah, Line them up, knock them down. It's you a free ferry, earlier. too, that comes is across. Free? Yes. Are you sure it's free? Yes. Well, it's sponsored by somebody, but- it's for the fans. Sure. It's free to come over on the ferry. And I can't think of a single F word. Oh, wait, I can think of one. <laughs> easy, easy. Take it easy. I know it's Friday. Friday, that's yes, the one. It's a fantastic Friday afternoon. And uh, I can't wait to talk to Julie. She's a good friend. And she, I mean, she is just a superstar when it comes to leadership in golf. And she has worked for the PGA Tour forever, LPGA Tour, ESPN, Fox Sports, um, Communications guru and uh, business development person and and she now runs the team that that takes care of that northern trust and it's time to get excited for that sort of thing and it, there's a, there's so many things to get excited about um we can certainly get excited about women's golf here's three good women's stories for you that are taking place this week we'll start with number one which is women's golf in the olympics sure um you know you think from time to time you know they always make a big deal about oh the men the rough is longer or you know, the green speeds are faster and they make all this big deal and they build it up and everything. Forget about it. Sure. Right. The ladies. 105 heat index. OK, they got people dropping over there that are playing golf and, and caddying and stuff. We'll talk about that a little bit more later in the update. But um, there's an impending typhoon. <laughs> all right. I mean. And they're competing for only three places, 60 ladies for three places. We went over that last week. We love that in the Olympics, it's just one, two, and three, and that's right. it. And then their, there's a Their cutoff. lives are literally on the line. Well, they're going to be tonight. That typhoon so, comes in. Yeah, I know. They started a day early. And then tonight, they're trying to all tee off like 60 ladies at once just to get it in because the typhoon is impending. And then once it hits, then uh, certainly they can't get anything done on the golf course no. until the closing ceremonies are done. And there's some kind of Olympic stipulation that says... If that the world ends, we cannot continue. We cannot continue. Right. And 
Um, we'll get to the leaders in a second, though. But it, it begs the question, because if you go back to the men's, what was cool about the men's is that they had a playoff playoffs um, for the bronze medal and there was seven guys in it. Well, there's, I think four, there's four ladies tied right now for the bronze medal. So if they have to cut this thing off and they don't complete, I mean, that's a lot of bronze. They got to throw around. Wow. Or, or do they they have like, do they take them over to like the javelin throw or something? I mean, like to to break (laughs) the tie. I don't know what happens, but (laughs) that'd be awesome. um, Something completely unrelated to golf. uh, I wish them all well. I hope they get it in. They're doing everything they can. If you're here on the East Coast, uh, 5.30 p.m. today, you're going to see the ladies start teeing off. The leaders will go a couple hours after that. And your leaders, mind you, is the number one player in the world who we know and love because she is from USA. And she is Nellie Korda. She's got a three-shot lead over Aditi Ashuk from India. She's at 12 under. This is 54 whole totals here. Then you've got four tied at 10 under for that quote-unquote bronze spot right now. You've got, uh, everybody knows Lydia Ko, but you've got her countrywoman, Hannah Green. You've got Mona Inami, who is from Japan. So a little hometown uh, celebrity there on the golf scene. And then you've got Emily Pedersen. So there's four ladies there at minus 10. There's 13 players within five shots of the bronze. So uh, as well as those four. So you you definitely have a little bit of a shootout going on there. The other USA ladies not faring as well. Nellie's older sister, Jess, is tied for 29th. She's two under. Danielle Kang and Lexi Thompson are both one under and tied for 34th. Nellie Korda, number one in the world. Mm-hmm. Let's get it done tonight. Let's let's sweep the gold medals in golf and do the things that we Americans should be doing when it comes to the Olympics there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Winning? Y- yes. And that's just in a couple hours that starts? Uh, 5.30, yeah. Um, in like, yeah, we'll be like in our third drink. <laughs> post show right there. It I was, was going to that neighborhood, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I live in that zip code. That's for sure. Now, speaking of zip codes, we were up last week in Brooklawn, which was in Fairfield, Connecticut. But just down the road in Westchester, you have the young woman competing in the uh, Women's Amateur Championship. So the USGA keeping busy. Another women's event this week. This is a major for sure. This is the National Amateur Championship for all women. And... They are down to the quarterfinals this afternoon. The top eight, they'll go to four tomorrow, then a 36-hole final on Sunday. If you're around the New York City area and you want to check that out, uh, you'll certainly see some great golf, just like we did last week with Annika and so on and so forth up at Brooklawn. Uh, Rachel Hecht, who's the number two uh, ranked women amateur golfer in the world, she is still in the quarterfinals, and she's certainly the draw at this point. Westchester, a great place to see a golf tournament, a lot of hills there, um, so bring some comfortable shoes, but a lot of good vistas with which to take a take a look at the action and uh, quite the classic setting up there for just another tremendous tournament. And speaking of tremendous, Annika won last week uh, by a meager eight shots. Meager. Our friend, our friend of the show uh, from back on Mother's Day when we talked to her, um, she must have been training hard then because after 13 years off from competition, she played back in February on the LPGA Tour, and she's had one other start on the European Tour, but two starts in 13 years, both coming in the last four or five months. Um, she goes out, and she beats the field wire to wire, starts out with a 5 under 67, and uh, there's a reason why she's a Hall of Famer, and um, yep. she is uh, certainly my only goat of the week that was competing, and uh, I'm super happy for her. Uh, saw her husband when I was up there last week, Mike McGee. Uh, who is also a friend and her kids were following her around. You know, it's a big thing for you. You saw it with the father, son with Tiger. Um, 
You see it more with Phil, Annika. She hadn't competed because she'd been a mom for 13 years, raising her kids, Will and Ava. Well, her son is really into golf. Okay. And, you know, he's like following her and giving her advice on Saturday night. You know, giving like holding, her advice. Yeah, holding a lead. <laughs> She's only had 72 wins prior to that but <laughs> and three U.S. Opens. But this was this was her fourth U.S. Open. And um, she won by eight over her countrywoman, Lisa Lott Neumann, at, at four under. Um Tremendous story. Can't say enough nice things about Annika. We love her. And uh, um, when I was there, there was no doubt when I was watching Wade Weezer. Yes, sir. You know, it's like when you go to any sort of contest or competition and you see there's a certain class of individual. Right. And one of my buddies came up to me and he said, he goes, who do you think wins this week? And I said, well, besides Annika, he goes, you think really Annika? I said, it's it's just a question of like whether she wins by five or more. Right. You know, I mean, the way she hit the ball. And don't get me wrong. There was some amazing golfers there like Laura Davies, Lisa Lott Neumann, Julie Engster, and so on and so forth. Some great amateur players that all qualified for this field. But when you watch her hit it, I, I saw her do this girls golf clinic on Tuesday afternoon and she just hit it so crisp. And I'm like, man, I mean, this thing is just set up for her to win. And uh, she was in like full business mode and, and congratulations to her for her fourth USGA title. Uh, there's a couple other titles out there uh, for the competitors in the men's side of things. We have the Barracuda Championship, which is out on the left coast out there um, in California. And Joel Damon's leading that at plus 16. No, I did not miss say that. Wow. It's a stable, <laughs> stable for scoring. Uh, they get positive points for birdies and eagles and pars and such. Um, a local favorite, John Pock, who went to Florida State, but he's from Scotch Plains, New Jersey. We love following John. He is at 10 plus 10, and he was tied for seventh, so he's in the top 10 right now after the first round. Uh, they are, you know, just getting into the second round out there as they are three hours behind us, um, starting round number two. And then you got the WGC, which is down in Memphis, and they are in the middle of the second round, but we'll just go with the first round leader, Harris English, little eight under 62, followed by New Jersey's own Jim Herman there, uh, six under 64, Carlos Ortiz, Matt Wolf, Ian Poulter, all at 64 in second after the first round. But what's interesting to me about this WGC event, which are usually money grabs, there's no cut. The guys play. You have to be in the top 50 in the world to get in and a couple other exemptions, so on and so forth. Um, it's, it's very interesting right now because – as I look at things there, Mr. Wade Weezer, there's this little event, this little match, this little extracurricular exhibition that's taking place out in Whistling Straits, which is in Kohler, Wisconsin, called the Ryder Cup. Okay. And we've been waiting. It's every other year, but now we've had to wait an extra year due to the pandemic pause. I've heard of that. And for the Americans, they get the top 12 players. Well, the top six are done by a point system. Those guys are kind of locked in. Those are your Colin Morikawa's, your Brooks Kepkas, et cetera, right? Bryson's. But the next six off the list are captain's picks, and the captain is Steve Stricker. Well, there's only four events to go if you count this one, right? No, strike that. Four events after this one. Okay. But these guys don't play every single week, and some of the guys, you know, I mean, you don't play great every week either. It's golf, right? Sure. It's a difficult game. So I really think there's some interesting stories that we're going to develop over the next couple of weeks as I look at this because it's – no, wait, strike that. I'm looking at my notes here. It is four events because after the BMW championship, not the tour championship, is when the cut line is. So make note of that, folks. Strike that. Reverse a it. note right now. Flip yes. it down. Flip yes. It. yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Slap it up. Flip it. You Smack know, it up, flip it, rub it down. Yeah, I need a body bag. Thank you. Yes. 
All right. We know I was talking the other day with some friends about Belle Biv DeVoe. <laughs> really? Right? Yeah. You know, and then, you know, I said, you know, what was their original band? Oh, uh, I know. I, 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 I know it's Robbie, Bobby, Mickey, Mike. If I like the girl who cares who you like. Yeah. And they were kids, right? Yeah. Yes. But what's the name of the band? Come on. Come on. Cool. Who's the Bobby? Bobby Brown. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, uh, new edition. All right. Thank there you. There we go. Yes. Yes. You need a bell sound. You, you need to save yourself there. You know, <laughs> it's funny how when I, when I say things, you always have all these sound effects, but then when you can't get something, there's, oh yeah. There you go. There's yeah. my sound effect. Yeah, you should, you Thank should you. need that. Thank you now, very getting, much. Yeah, getting back to applause and these guys that are competing for the Ryder Cup, look at these guys you have lined up. Jordan Spieth is seventh. Well, he's played great all year. Yeah, he gets on the team. But then you've got Patrick Reed at eight, Harris English, your leader, who's not normally known as a Ryder Cup guy having a career season. He's at number nine. Patrick Cantlay, all-world player there, right? Already won at Memorial this year. He's 10. Daniel Berger, he's won twice in the last year. He's 11th. Tony Finau, where he be now, 12th. Then you got Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Jason Kokrak, Billy Horschel. I mean, like, who do you start picking? And then, right, you know, people right, still right, keep bringing yeah. up Phil's name as if he's relevant <laughs> to the team. But, you know, you look at this and you go, man, we are going to see some of these, those names I just listed, those guys know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. They are sending Uber Eats to Steve Stricker's sure. <laughs> hotel room, whatever tour he's on, all the time. And they're going to be second guessing afterwards, too. With a little note just to say, hey... I'm still relevant, right? Like a guy like Webb Simpson, you know, he had a little neck injury. The guy hasn't been really on the radar lately, but he'd love, they all want to get on that Ryder Cup team, just, especially. Just thinking of you. Just let you know I'm thinking yeah, of you. You know, just, just throwing it out there. Uh, Daniel Berger, you know, he was on the President's Cup team at Liberty National in 2017. Saw him there on the range. Remember that? I mean, guy's a good player. Florida State guy, maybe a good partner with Brooks. You know, former totally. Seminoles together. Totally. So I, it's, it's interesting. This thing's going to play out. It's going to be pretty cool. And I can't wait till we get to all of it. And I can't wait to tell you just a little bit more about our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. You know, the New Jersey Golf Foundation is committed to positively impacting the lives and communities through the game of golf. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section will host its 15th annual golf classic at Baltusrol Golf Club on Monday, August 9th. Limited spots are still available on the upper golf course at the famed championship venue. To register for the 2021 New Jersey Golf Foundation Golf Classic or for more information, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's uh, August 15th, folks. Get on the horn to them and get into that competition and support the growth of the game here in New Jersey. Now, speaking of the games being played here in New Jersey... It is 3.15 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920, and we're going to be back with the executive director of the Northern Trust, Ms. Julie Tyson. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Choose not a life of imitation. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe <laughs> well, Jenkins, team Mark, of me. Mark, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. 
The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Through a wide range of programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs, the NJGF champions a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support programming, the New Jersey Golf Foundation will host its 15th annual Golf Classic at Baltusrol Golf Club on Monday, August 9th. Limited spots are still available on the upper golf course at the famed championship venue. To register for the 2021 Golf Classic or for more information, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call us at 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920 on a fantastic Friday afternoon. this afternoon is a tremendous leader in golf. Julie Tyson is the executive director of the Northern Trust, the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. She's a magnificent mentor who leads a tremendous team, creating a unique fan and player experience. And although 125 players who play have high hopes, only 70 move on. Mama said, fulfill the prophecy, be something great. Go make a legacy, manifest destiny. Back in the days we wanted everything, wanted everything. For that on, thanks for that on the board there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Appreciate that. I know everyone heading into the playoffs have high hopes. I know one person who definitely has high hopes because she creates an amazing experience. That's our guest today, Miss Julie Tyson. Julie, welcome to the pro show this afternoon. Keith, thanks for having me. God, that music got me going. I'm going. Well, you know, Wade's good for that on a Friday afternoon. He, he's, uh, he, he counts down the minutes to happy hour at 4.01 p.m. when we get done. So um, he's usually good for a good rock and roll tune. And speaking of rocking and rolling, what's it like two weeks out from the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs for the executive director? What's your day to day like right now? It's pretty hectic. It's a lot of details, you know, and it's uh, it's everything from um you know, making sure that we've got big blocking and tackling elements in place like parking and that our, all of our information and signage matches up. So it's easy and convenient for fans, but little things too, like agents and family members are trying to figure out how to ship things to their players or things like that. So getting addresses out and, you know, kind of mundane stuff. So it's everything in between it's just a lot of detail. Jeez. I mean, you wouldn't even think of a hundred of the details you probably will deal with in the, in the coming days and weeks that there's just so much that goes into a PGA tour event. And one of the things that goes into it that we're so happy is back are fans. So how excited are you to bring fans back to the Northern trust? Well, listen, you know, we experienced 2020 without fans. And so we could see what a world without them is. And I can tell you that absence has made the heart grow fonder. Um, not only for us as a tournament staff and the energy that fans just, it's inexplicable how much energy and emotion, positive emotion they bring to an event, but for the players, I mean, if you watched the Olympics, they commented regularly about the absence of fans and how, how they look forward to having them back at tournaments. So gosh, they're going to get, or they're in for it when they come to New York. 
how comprehensive? I mean, how, how we talked about details just a second ago, but what's the process been like just a year later to get fans to come to this PGA Tour event? Well, you know, we sort of did it in a layered approach, which we've never done, which is, okay, let's start from the base, the base blocking and tackling. What would a fan, an event with no fans look like? And then what would an event with, you know, some number and more and more and more. And so we, um, we just sort of layered it in and it was a very surprisingly organized approach to doing it. And um, we're, we're pleased that we're going to have a full event. So we're really lucky. All right. So let's peel back the layers for a second here, Julie. Uh, what can the fans that are going to come out from the New York Metro City area and, and all around the Northeast and come see the event? What do you feel like would be different about their experience? Is the, is you know as far as safety goes and protocols, et cetera? You know, as they're showing up, we want everyone to be comfortable. Absolutely. Well, let's start first with convenience, right? Because that's the most important thing in this area is getting people to and through the golf course easily. So. First and foremost, um, we moved our parking. It's uh, much closer, and you can go on to our website, which we'll give you at the end of this, and see where our parking locations are. They're easy. This is not um, super exciting stuff, but it, it makes a big difference. Um, and even more importantly, the, fa- the ferry will be free this year to all fans, so it departs from a dock at Brookfield Place in New York, comes to the golf course, and will let you out right at the clubhouse. And it's at no charge for anybody. It's completely free for the first time ever. Um, And then we've got only two entrances that will bring you right into 18 and one. So from a convenience perspective, not only is it easier to get to the golf course um, and more conveniently, more quickly, but it's also you get onto the golf course more easily and more quickly and get to the things that you want to do. So from that first piece, um, it may not sound super exciting, but we want to get you to what you want to get to much more quickly and efficiently. The second piece of this is once you're on the golf course, we've got a ton of fun things to do. And Keith, you've lived this with me for the last probably five years that I've been running the event. And we started an adage, which is if you want golf with a side of fun with the top 125 players, we've got that. But if you want fun with a side of golf, we've got that too. And so we've got all kinds of experiences. If you're, you know, bringing your family and you're bringing your kids, we've got a kids zone sponsored by Tackle Kids Cancer. Um, that'll be elegantly done uh, so we can inspire kids to the next generation of golf. Um, and then we've got all kinds of great food and beverage options and all of our partners from uh, Meister Nobel to Tito's to Fever Tree, you name it, they'll all be on site this week uh, at our tournament. And then we've got a 12-foot high sky bridge for the first time ever that MasterCard's going to help us to prepare. And uh, if you want to see guys on the driving range, which has been hard because um, Liberty National is a little bit compact, and so it's hard to get near the driving range, we decided the best way to do it was to build it up. And so separating the putting green and the driving range, we'll have a 12-foot high sky bridge that the players will have a tunnel and they can walk between the two surfaces. Meanwhile, fans can be up above with drink rail and there'll be um, a concession at the end of it where they can get a bird's eye view of the players practicing before they go out into the round. How cool is that? I mean, you guys, you guys are always thinking up there at the Northern Trust. And that's why I love having you on, because as an innovative person and folks, if you recognize that voice or if you don't, her name is Julie Tyson and she's a senior vice president for the PGA Tour. And not only that. You were once a, an SBJ, Sports Business Journal, 40 under 40 leader and awarded that designation as well because you've had this innovative mindset for a long time. When you sit down with your team, how do you go about like 
I want to dig into this process for a little bit. How do you go about like whiteboarding and getting their creative side to come out? Um, well, I'm really lucky because it starts with having a really great team um, who's excited about, you know, honestly, this is the most fun part is to dream up all of these different kinds of experiences for fans to surprise and delight. And then when the tournament happens, you can see the staff kind of walk around a little self-satisfied that they came up with cool uh, activations that are new to the market or new to golf. So that part's fun. Um, and a couple years in, you know, they've seen the fruits of their labor. So we start with, okay, what were the pain points? And that was the decision to overhaul all of the ways you get to the golf course and get onto the golf course, which we are really excited about. And then the second part is once they're there, what are the things that are going to be, if you're a golf fanatic, what are the experiences that you want to have? So the, the sky bridge was a, a part of that. We worked with MasterCard for over a year to deliver that. Um, the food and beverage experience is a personal passion of mine and a number of people on the team. And so we just sort of dreamt up, what would you build that is endemic to the area? And another cool activation is the Naomi Wine Lounge um, that will replicate wine, uh, like a vineyard um, that you'd find in, in uh, the Hamptons. So that'll be another fun little thing that we'll do. Um, and so you can see these kind of tap into people's personal passions. And then if you're family and you've got kids, how do we make it fun, easy, and exciting? And so we tapped into that. So we went down kind of three different paths. Let me ask you this then. Let's say you and I are attending and you have the list in front of you. And you and you a couple of things. I think I would go for that practice range bridge first because I'd want to check out the players being a PGA pro. I'd want to see them and their coaches interact and see what they're working on. But where would you take me? You just admitted you love food and beverages, right? So, or would it be, is there a fashion activation? Where would you want to take me if you were a fan? What would you be most interested in seeing that you haven't listed already? Um, you know, we moved the merch tent also, um, and we've spent a lot of time curating collections that spe that speak to the market. Um, and that feel more endemic to the Northeast. And so now that's along 18 fairway. So that's another fun little thing that's super convenient to get to, and you can go for a, a nice little shopping spree. So shopping is a part of it. I think that's a big part of the New York experience within that area, which we've deemed the garden state marketplace. There's, um, the kids zone, there's some eating experiences all around in that area. And then um, the other parts are, so we kind of cluster these experiences. One is up by one and 18, the driving range and that kind of experience. Then as you go back towards like 17, as you start to work your way into the golf course, there's that experience I just described with the merch tent. When you come in through the west entrance, if you park over and you come into a different entrance, you'll walk past the Maestro Dobell Lounge. Uh, and then there's a taco experience. So we've kind of paired some, some best practices there alongside the Patriots outpost. And then lastly, around 15, 16, which personally I think is the most fun part of the golf course, 16 is a drivable par four. Um, and I personally, you know, swing out of my shoes when I play the hall, the 16th hole. Um, there's the DraftKings uh, house that's there. So you've got a gaming experience for the first time ever at the golf uh, tournament, which will be really, really fun for fans. And then next to it, we've got, our first, uh, a craft beer garden, um, and it called the first round. And then we've got our wine lounge. There's a lot clustered in these little areas where as you're walking the golf course, there's a lot to do. You know, you just 
quickly mentioned something there, and, and I'm not going to let you skip over this too quickly there, Julie Tyson, and that is swing out of your <laughs> shoes. And you start talking about you make a golf reference. And uh, now I, now I want to ask another question, because you have this amazing leadership role in golf working for and being a senior vice president for the PGA Tour. Um, take me back to Indiana University. You leave there, you're a communications major, and you start to develop or come up with an idea or two about what your career path is going to be. How did golf come into the picture? Were you, a, were you a junior golfer and you always had this kind of in the background? I mean, you've always worked in sports and communications, but I mean, you are in charge of a humongous event here in golf, Golf has to play some sort of important role in your life. Where did it come in? You know, I'm the youngest of six kids, and my sister and I are bookends, and then I have four brothers in between. And so my family has always been a rabid golf family, although I didn't start playing until my mid-20s. So for me, it was just sort of a way to relate to my brothers and to spend time with my dad. Um, it was, you got four or five hours of unobstructed time together just to laugh and goof around on the golf course. So I figured I'd better get good at it if I want to keep spending time with my family members. Um, and that's how golf came into my life. From a work perspective, sports I've always loved. Um, and that's been a part of my life since I was a little kid. I've always been athletic and I recognize the value of sports and always knew I wanted to be around athletes uh, and sports as a part of my career. The transition into golf came when I was working actually for ESPN and I was in Michigan um, and I realized that uh, it was uh, freezing cold and I was boarding a plane to go deliver an upfront presentation. Anybody who's ever been in television knows exactly what that is. It's February. I'm getting onto a 19 seat plane and I thought I have to go somewhere warm. And uh, through a series of uh, Q&As in my head, it led me to golf as a lifestyle and I couldn't be happier that I got here. The people in golf are amazing. I've gotten to do some really complicated but really um, enriching deals. And I've gotten to surround myself with people like you, Keith, that are just good people, trying to do good things for other people. And we wake up every day and we do good things for charity, too. So I think those are all really um, fulfilling things for a career. If you can check the box on all those things, then you're doing all right. I appreciate that share. And thank you very much for the compliment. Um, we enjoy your company as well. I want to dig a little deeper here, though, because... I think it's important sometimes when we have guests on the show and they have certain leadership characteristics to kind of help our listeners who may be choosing their own career paths. There's a lot of young golf professionals that listen to this show and the, the industry is rapidly growing and evolving. And the last two years had to be an unbelievable challenge putting together the Northern Trust and it almost probably polar opposite experiences in many ways, some of the questions you had to answer and, and the different things you've already brought up, the level, the layering approach. When you sit down and you look at your team and you, they, they look to you to, to be a leader, right? Um, what, source of what sort of resources do you call upon in order to, to learn and become a better leader that maybe aren't necessarily in the, in the sports business world? You know, like how does Julie Tyson become a better leader each and every day to come back and face challenges like running a Northern Trust in a pandemic? You know, a long time ago, I remember um, Jay Monahan, who's the commissioner of the PGA Tour, was my immediate boss for a number of years. And I went to him with a problem that I thought was unsolvable. And he looked back at me without skipping a beat. And he said, Julie, there's always someone who's faced something similar. You're just not asking either the right questions or you're not asking the right people. There's always someone who has the answer. 
And he couldn't have been more right. And from that moment forward, I spent more time trying to be a little bit more vulnerable around people who I trust to say, I'm not sure I have all the answers. And, and generally, the answers exist somewhere. You just have to ask the right people and ask the right questions. And I've been fortunate because I, you know, golf attracts really great people, um, not only from the sports industry, but all of the partners that we work with. I would tell you, you know, and this is going to sound like, um, you know, uh, a placement or something, but Kelly Menard, who's the chief marketing officer for Northern Trust, I would stack her up against anybody for being one of the most thoughtful, smart, strategic thinkers in the business. Um, and she, you know, she works on all kinds of things outside of golf, but she's been a wonderful resource for me. So you're never alone in solving a problem if you allow yourself to um, accept guidance and feedback. What a meaningful sentiment. I love it. I love I love that. And you know what? The, the only part that kills me right now is that we have to take a quick break. Um, but hold on for just a second. Uh, we got to let the sponsors, of course, do their thing. I'm sure you can appreciate that. And uh, folks, up next more with the PGA Tours leading lady, Julie Tyson. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Mike Greenberg is... Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Today's interview is brought to you by our friends at Beedratty. Beedratty is known for their irrationally comfortable Peruvian Pima cotton polos. But did you know they've branched into new categories? You must try like boxers, layers, button downs, and even performance fabrics with their Dratty Sport. The theme with all of their products is meticulous attention to detail. Details most companies choose to overlook. Be Dratty thoughtfully considers like our favorite Russell quarter zip where the front pouch is sewn into the garment and not topped on, allowing for a slimmer, less bulky fit. Shop the entire Be Dratty line at BeDratty.com and receive 25% off with our exclusive discount code KJS25. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I, I get a lot of that too. As the Pro Show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Julie Tyson. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. The PGA Tour is about to start the FedEx Cup playoffs here in New Jersey. Liberty National is an unbelievable venue to watch a tournament. Go check it out. The best players in the world will be there. The finest golfers on display with a great experience. Getting back to our conversation with Julie. Well, wait, hang on. Let it play, Wade. You have got a serious vibe going on this afternoon there, Mr. Wade Weezer, and I appreciate it. And hopefully uh, Julie Tyson appreciates it as well. Julie, you enjoying our happy hour conversation here on a Friday afternoon? I love this. I got to get you guys to come be a DJ in one of my venues. I love it. Hey, you know what? Have music, we'll travel. 
and the voice to match. So we are we are ready, willing, and able um, to to join you. And uh, I'll certainly be up there at the Northern Trust, and uh, I can't wait to see you and um, and give you a big hug after a big year of not being able to see anybody for that matter. Um, but speaking of hugs. You know, one of the things that always comes up when you talk about the PGA Tour is their philanthropic drive and the ability that they have to make it just such a huge positive impact on the communities with which they host events. And you haven't touched on it yet. And I want to bring this up because I think it's so important that people understand what it means to a community and a surrounding area. And I know what it means to my friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation to have the Northern Trust here in Jersey City this year. And we didn't have you last year. You know, you did the Boston thing, but you're back, right? Can you explain a little bit about what the Northern Trust is going to do in 2021 for the surrounding community here in New Jersey? Yeah, um, this is something I'm so glad you brought it up, Keith, because this is one of the most important things that we do. Um, And certainly after the year that we had in 2020, um, as a community, this being the 20th anniversary of 9-11, you know, we have the opportunity to provide maybe a little bit of healing and bring the community back together. So we're proud of that, first and foremost. Um, So a number of the things that we do, first, we, we take the PGA Tours broad spotlight and we, we shine it on a lot of these community partners, these community champions that we work with, like, you know, Hackensack Hospital with their um, foundation, Tackle Kids Cancer, who are going to work every day doing God's work. I mean, we want to support people that are making the world a better place. You mentioned the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Um, you know, we do things with local food banks and others um, where food scarcity after 2020 in New Jersey is at an all-time high. So we're in this fortunate position to be able to take the proceeds of the event and to support people who are doing great, great work in the communities. And look, everybody who comes out to the event and supports the tournament, um, they can feel good about it because the money's going right back out into the places where, where we all work, live, and play. How can we activate the fans or the listeners, right? Are there ways to volunteer or are there ways to support? Or when they come, um, is there something there that, you know, how can they get more information? Because there's a lot of people out there in golf um, that have a philanthropic heart. And how can we connect them with your causes? You know what? You're so right. So um, we're going to try to make it as easy on our fans as possible. So when you come out to the event, um, we've got uh, a roundup at each of the registers. So when you buy something, you'll be asked if you want to round up. And that will allow you to make a small donation, uh, the roundup donation to Tackle Kids Cancer. I would say that's one way to, to help. Um, so come on out to the event and then spend some money, you know, go out and get a beer and round up your ticket or buy a shirt and round up your ticket. I think those are easy ways to do things. And then in addition, you can go on to the northerntrust.com, which is our website. And on there, we've listed out our, our community partners. And I would just encourage folks um, to get involved and get to know a little bit about them. You can also volunteer. There's a line on, um, there's a, a, a button that you can press on our website where you can become a volunteer, which I think beyond just the charitable component is one of the most fun ways to experience a golf tournament because it's sort of a backstage pass. And what we've already talked a little bit about it, but the community of golfers is a unique one. Really good people, really fun people. And by being a volunteer, you get to infuse yourself into that culture. So we're just a couple weeks out. If I hear you correctly there, you could still use some volunteers? Yeah, we could use a handful of volunteers. Um, we can only use more hands. You know, it's going to be probably the biggest event we had. 
to date. Um, I think like we talked earlier, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, um, you know, we've got, uh, as we grow, we have greater needs. And if they wanted to, if people wanted to volunteer, they would go to northerntrust.com or what's your suggestion there? The, the northerntrust.com. Uh, and then there will be a, uh, a, on our homepage, there's a, if you want to volunteer, there's a button you press and you can just sign up and we'll get you rolling. All right. Well, speaking of rolling, the PGA Tour rolled out their 2021-2022 schedule. Now, you know I love you, but I got to ask you a tough question here. I noticed that New Jersey or the New York Metro City area wasn't on that schedule for the beginning of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, you spent a lot of time at the PGA Tour working in business development and communications, and I understand this is a puzzle that's very hard to put together, but can you shed some light for my audience as to why next year, if we want to watch a PGA Tour event, I guess we got to go up to Cromwell, Connecticut, probably? Yeah, you know, um, it is a very complicated uh, set of, of steps and one that I couldn't even begin. You know, there are a lot of smart minds back in Ponte Vedra Beach that are um, spending hours and hours and hours trying to put together all of the various components to go into these decisions. Um, but, you know, rest assured, this area of the country is going to have some incredible golf. In 2022, we've got the U.S. Open um, up at, in Boston. Um, in addition to the Travelers Championship, which you referred to um, in Cromwell, which I think is one of our best events on tour. And then in 2024, we've got the Ryder Cup coming. So I'm not uh, I'm not worried that this community is going to be starved for incredible golf or incredible golf experiences. We've got some really great things lined up for everybody. Great answer. And one more quick question about the schedule. Looking at it from your perspective as a fan, which event has you or which part of the schedule has you most excited for the next um, FedEx Cup calendar season? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a great question. You know, I would normally say as you start to get toward um, the back end of the season that that's, you know, where everything starts to come together and you hope that the players are starting to uh, peak, right, as we get into the playoffs. Although, you know, Travelers had, what was it, like an eight-way playoff this year, um, I think at 3M, they had like a five-hole playoff or something like that. So, you know, it's hard to say that you're excited about any one thing. I just love to have really competitive, great golf, and there's a lot of it this year. You know, we jo- we've we been joking a lot lately about playoffs, you know, the, the famous Jim Mora line, um, because in the last month on the men's tours, if you count the Olympics, there's been 23 playoff holes contested. Right. Which goes to show you the level of the competition that's out there. I mean, we just came off the men having a seven way playoff for four holes for the bronze medal, you know, and and seven different countries represented. You had Rory and Colin Morikawa. I mean, you have some of the biggest names in the game in a a playoff like that. And it it is certainly a lot of fun and and it's very meaningful. Now, before I let you go, I have one more question. What's most meaningful to you as you present the Northern Trust this year? What's your proudest moment with all that you've taken on this year to bring back fans and all of these activations and everything you've so eloquently put today to get us to to really be engaged by the experience that we're all going to see in two weeks? Right. What makes you most proud as you kind of take a just take a second and look at the whole thing in a macro perspective and what what really has Julie Tyson smile? You know, as you were asking that question, uh, and that was a curveball, Keith, you didn't warn me about that one. So I'm just going to answer fully from my heart. And that is you, if you follow me around on the golf course, you'll find some quiet reflective moments where 
um, I will be taking in the notion that this event only happens in the way that it happens. Its uniqueness is the fact that we all come together as a community, the fans, the volunteers, the sponsors, the staff, the players, the media, everybody coming together and just, you know, being excited and letting all that emotion come out. That's what makes live events so special and unique. And I, in my own heart of hearts, having experienced it a different way in 2020, and we're going to all come back together. I have a totally new appreciation for that kind of shared experience. That's what you're going to see from me is um, that's the thing I'm most proud of is that I get to sit at the heart of something that will bring the world's best athletes together to create this very special once in a lifetime experience. Well, I'm proud of being friends with you and I appreciate you sharing (laughs) everything, all your thoughts and how, and your passion for the Northern trust and the PGA tour with my community today, Julie Tyson, you are just an awesome leader in golf and I can't thank you enough for your time today. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me. And Wade, keep it up. Good stuff. Well, you know man. what? We, we, will, we will certainly continue to try. Um, I like to think of this as fun with a side of radio. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you in a couple weeks, Julie. Thanks, Keith. And that's it, folks. You just heard there from the executive director of the Northern Trust, Ms. Julie Tyson. As for now, it's fast approaching 4 p.m. here on the East Coast in New York City. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, our weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I... You can't just not show up for work, but but if he's not like doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. Hey, fans of the PGA Tour, you can listen anywhere at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Just hit that listen now button. And you know what? Check out our show archive and subscribe and share it. It makes a big difference. Or on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon, for sure. And on social media, you can check us out at, at KGHStewartDOF. Now, the pro show is your ticket to the weekend. Get out and enjoy it. Play some golf, go hiking, head to the beach, or just turn up the volume.
that song goes on. I thought you were going to say smash some pumpkins. Yes, no, no smashing pumpkins. That's for sure. Okay. Right? Hey, you know, it's a big week next week. Guys. We're off. Oh, we are off. Yeah. I don't know if don't we're Don't fade gonna... it out yet. Okay. Sorry. You know, it's just, I mean, I'm just saying. You're I, vibing. You're vibing. I'm vibing. Of course. I always vibe on this sure, one. Sure, you sure. know? Hey, believe. All right? No, next weekend, next week we're off. We are off. I know. Yeah. Come on. Give it. Okay. love that song you know hard rock band like smashing pumpkins they bring in the orchestra just really well constructed there yes metallica did that before too remember oh yes yeah not in a not in a song but you know they did it sometimes you know i, I like when things are put together like that that you don't normally expect and Smash then they up. turn out yeah they turn out to be really really like strong peanut like, butter and chocolate did you ever try that <laughs> yes <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't think but it just goes together it's weird you, you've used that line like Two of the last three weeks. All right, let's move along here. But you know what? Let's compare a few different tour quality golf balls there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Specifically, the Chrome Soft and Tour Speed with Tour Response from TaylorMade. Sure, Chrome Soft and Tour Speed are both soft urethane balls that are long off the tee, but Tour Response is also urethane, also long off the tee, and feels even softer than the other two. Oh, and it doesn't cost nearly as much either. So try Tour Response from TaylorMade, a tour quality urethane ball that's not as expensive as other companies' tour balls. Learn more about Tour Response and to find a ball fitting near you, head to TaylorMadeGolf.com. All right, let's get into the update this week. First and foremost, X gonna give it to you. X gonna give it to you. For the past few years, Xander Shoffley has been pro golf's next big thing. Tough designation and ideally temporary, but his ascent has been stuck in neutral for the last two and a half years as he hasn't won since the Century Tournament of Champions a couple years ago, and he's never closed on a 54-hole lead. Well, the number five man in the official world golf ranking who lost to Hideki at the Masters in that final round, he made up for it. And he closed the deal in Japan, and he got the gold medal. He had three challenging clutch up and downs over the back nine, including one on the 18th hole, to secure a one-shot victory and the gold medal. That final round, 67, was fantastic. You know, and standing... Sorry. Go for it. X going to give you gold. And standing off the green was his father, Stefan, who grew up in Germany, dreaming of winning gold in the decathlon, before a terrible car crash ended his hopes at age 20. Well, his dad has been his lifelong swing coach, and Shoffley made playing in Tokyo a priority in part because his dad never achieved his own Olympic goal. So father and son hugged just off the 18th green, the son looking relieved, and the father proud. Not far away were Shoffley's grandparents, who live in Japan, where his mother grew up. So they were probably, as Shoffley said, they were probably the only ones in Japan rooting for him and not Hideki really? to close. That's nice. Slovakia's forgotten son. The silver medal went to a man playing for his adopted homeland who hit it so poorly that he ended his Sunday warm-up before the final round Wait a second. early. You're, you're not going to acknowledge the Slovakian national anthem? <laughs> it's not ringing any bells? Well, let me get through this story because <laughs> I'm not quite sure how Slovakian this story is. All right. 
The South African-born Sabatini, a six-time tour winner, was representing Slovakia. We'll see Sabatini's wife, Martina Stofanikova, is Slovakian, and her cousin, Radislav Antalya, is the president of Slovak Golf Association. And so Sabatini put, South Africa has so many golfers to represent them, and I can't make the team. Wait, I, he didn't say that. But Slovakia doesn't have anybody to represent them. So Sabatini says we looked at it as a way to use it as a springboard and try to create more interest in the game in Slovakia and create more interest among junior golfers from that country. You know, so he said for me for to be here today is very fortuitous. I'm just thankful. It's been such a prideful moment to be up here representing Slovakia and see the flag raised. Words cannot really express it. It's it's just been a fantastic experience all around for the entire Olympics. And I'm just very thankful. I did mention earlier that. He did make some interesting comments about his warm-up prior to the record-setting round of 61 that he shot in the final round. He said, the honest truth is that I had probably the, one of the worst warm-ups I've ever had in my golfing career, Sabatini said. I couldn't find the golf ball and the club face to match them up at all. He said, okay, I'm done warming up. I was just like, I guess I'll, I'll find it when I'm out there. Well, somehow he managed to find it, and uh, he shot 10 under par, which, uh, which is pretty good and secured him the silver medal. Now, Sabatini's story is only highlighted by the fact that he's one of the less appreciated players on tour. Most consider it a challenge when the weekly pairings come out if you get him in your group. Or in a related story, the headline in the Johannesburg newspaper Sunday morning read, Rory comes up one short. McElroy missed bronze medal in a playoff. I guess the fa- the folks in South Africa don't miss them either. You nailed those pronunciations, by the way, those names. You know, uh, um, I did some Slovakian training <laughs> in between stories there. Some third places are more important than others. A seven-man playoff was needed to decide the bronze medal. Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, C.T. Pan, Paul Casey, Mito Pereira, Hideki Matsuyama, and Sebastian Munoz. Seven men, seven different countries represented for bronze medal. Really cool. C.T. Pan won with a par on the fourth extra hole. It was just he and Colin Morikawa that was left. Pan won, and even though both he and Morikawa shot 63 just to get into the playoff on Sunday. Really cool. Um, A seven-man playoff at three in the morning is just definitely one way to keep the audience interested at that point. Yeah, for sure. The playoffs continue in July. That's now 23 playoff holes played in the last four weeks on tour, if you want to call it that, with all that's been going on. Um, It... As, as we talked about earlier today, I guess the, the, the playoffs don't even really start for another two weeks. <laughs> All right. A lot of practice with playoffs. Your buddy Bryson. Mm-hmm. Bryson versus Dr. Fauci. Okay. Nope, this isn't another made-for-TV match. Down in Memphis in the press room, a week after having his Olympic dreams dashed because of COVID-19, Bryson DeChambeau was back on the PGA Tour. He said he lost about 10 pounds in the aftermath of his COVID diagnosis. And uh, he was asked what he felt watching the Olympics, knowing he could have been in Japan. DeChambeau offered. He goes, I didn't feel anything because I wasn't playing in it and it didn't matter. It was sad when I tested positive, And after that, my brain just shifted into a place where, OK, I wasn't in the Olympics. It is what it is. DeChambeau, who was not vaccinated, did not begin to experience symptoms, congestion, fatigue, uh, etc. Until a few days after his initial positive test. He said he still hit balls in his home simulator, but mostly just rested. Now, when asked whether or not he had regrets about not getting vaccinated, he said this. The thing is, the vaccine doesn't necessarily prevent it from happening. That's where, for me, I'm young enough. I'd rather give it to the people that need it. I don't need it. I'm healthy. I'm a young individual that will continue to be healthy and continue to work on my health. But I don't think that taking a vaccine away from someone who could 
need it is a good thing. Which would make sense if he was actually taking it away from someone who needed it. As of this quote, both Pfizer and Moderna have come out and stated they were happy that Bryson didn't get vaccinated. They felt that things didn't work out for DeChambeau in his next round of golf. They would have been blamed. (laughs) (sighs) Not putting your best foot forward. Calm down. It was generously a one footer. That sort of putt, no golfer second guesses, neither pro nor amateur. The putt struck by Justin Warren at the Tahoe Mountain Club in Truckee, California on Monday evening would have been a gimme to even the stingiest of opponents. Pick it up. It's good. And yet when Warren rolled his ball, it didn't cooperate. There are times in a golfer's life when pulling a one footer could have seen as could have been seen as funny. But Warren's miss was entirely unfunny. The 24-year-old Australian's miss came in the sudden death playoff of the Barracuda Championships Monday qualifier. The gaffe cost him the playoff and, as it turned out, a chance at his first ever PGA Tour start. Now, if you haven't seen this thing on Twitter, you got to look it up, Wade. We have audio. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. I tell you, it's bad. It's bad, about as bad as half of your jokes, all right? He looks stunned afterwards for about 10 seconds. You know, I mean, the guy did shoot a 7 under 65. He just couldn't knock in the one-footer, and and Mark Baldwin won the the playoff and got the spot at the Barracuda Championship. And just goes to show you, even the smallest details, Mr. Wade Weezer, require our attention. I'm sorry, how do you feel? Because you've probably missed something like that before. Do you just say, it's just one of those things because... It's a one-footer, like you just said. There's a reason why golf clubs are blunt instruments and not sharp ones. I'll leave it at that. Perfect. All right, it's summer, folks. Keep drinking water and be careful. Lexi Thompson had a new caddy on her bag for the second round of the women's golf tournament at the Tokyo Olympics on Thursday, Drew Hinsley. Hinsley, who was in Tokyo working for NBC, took over because Thompson's regular caddy, Jack Fulham, suffered from heat exhaustion and dehydration during the first round and had to exit during the back nine on Wednesday. So Hensley's caddied on the PGA Tour before, so he was a good stand-in for Lexi. But during the first round, Fulham stopped walking on the 15th hole and looked at Thompson and asked, do I look white to you? Mm-hmm. Team USA's Thompson said she realized that something just wasn't okay. He he just didn't look good, she Dehydrated. said. Yes. Oh. Thompson, who was three over after 14 holes, told Fulham to sit. Uh, Lexi said, he like never quits. He didn't go down. I, I just told him to sit down. I was so worried about him. And I mean, it's, it's hot out here. So not long after medics rushed over to Fulham and started hydrating him and cooling him with ice during the first round, the temperature reached in the high nineties with minimal wind leading to a one Oh five heat index. Shortly after Fulham exited Thompson's bag, Donna Wilkins, the LPGA director of player services, replaced him. And on the last four holes, Lexi made three birdies and finished with a bogey, penciling in a round of one over par. Despite her streak of birdies, Thompson said she was completely thrown off because Fulham does everything for her, including carrying her yardage book and calculating her own numbers out on the course. It ended up working out, Thompson said. His health is number one, so that's all that matters. Now, Filipino golfer Yuko Sasso's caddy, Lionel Matichuk, was rushed to the hospital due to heat stroke on Tuesday. Quick PSA here, folks. It is summer. If you plan on carrying a 40-pound bag and humid 105 heat index uh, conditions, you better be prepared and drink some water. Combine that with facing an impending typhoon, and I'm pretty sure these ladies will remember <laughs> these Olympics for some time. And that's your Pro Show update for the week ending August 6th, 2021.
Of course, we love our sponsors, certainly of the weekly update. That's TaylorMade Golf, but of course, the New Jersey Golf Foundation and Summit Golf Brands. Next week on the show, it's a little week off for you and I, Mr. Wade Weezer. So enjoy your vacation, my good man. You too. We'll be back on the 20th, everybody. As for now, you know I love my listeners. Keep tuning in, and we'll keep having fun. Before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about letting go. Try spending 10 minutes a day sitting still and relaxing. At first, it will be tough to let go, but with practice, you'll start to feel refreshed and happy. Letting go doesn't mean giving up. It means prioritizing what's most valuable, you. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.